Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life in order to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, I am so thankful that you decided to tune in for another episode. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so excited that you decided to stop and take a listen. Uh, If you are new, the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago, and then I reflect on my struggles at that time with what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. So without further ado, I'm just going to get started. And this journal entry is from February 24th, 2016. And I write, I feel less weighted down today. I still don't feel great because I am upset with myself for hurting Pete and not being able to keep it together under the pressure of life. I did write him a letter yesterday explaining everything I wrote in here. He thanked me for it. He didn't have a response. I'm okay with that because he doesn't usually have a response. I'm just glad I got most everything off my chest in a pretty coherent and rational manner. Things aren't going to be fixed anytime soon, and I have to accept that. Quite frankly, there is a lot in life that I have to accept and come to terms with. I'm just trying to take things one day at a time in hopes that things get easier each day. I'm learning that everyone struggles in life, and it's not just me. The difference is how they handle it and how I handle it. For instance, when I was pulling in the parking space at Walmart, a mom of two young children had too much stuff in her trunk. The gallon of milk fell out and broke open on the ground. She looked shocked and annoyed. She took a minute to assess the situation and just stood there. She chuckled a bit at the situation and got the kids back in the car, cart and got more milk. I would have flipped my lid. I probably would have cussed and been pissy and irritable about the situation. I probably would have left and made Pete deal with it. Joanne was also telling me about her frazzled Monday. She was irritated by all the roadblocks but got through it. She also had her parents' help. I think she fails to realize how lucky she is. Regardless, she has the coping skills to get through the situation. This is an area I definitely need to work on. I'm really hoping that I can get into the seminar on March 5th with Nancy and Joey because I need to start learning some strategies to help me find balance and stability. So the biggest thing here is that I remember vaguely the letter that I wrote Pete at this time. I don't remember the specifics, but I have a general idea. And I can tell you that it did bother me that he didn't respond because he never responded. So we would have an argument and his general response is, I don't know why I said that or I don't know why I did that. And that would infuriate me even more because I would think, how do you, well, and I would say this to him, how do you not know what you say and what you're thinking and all of that? Like, how do you not know if you can say that or you can do that? You have to know on some level, at least that's what I thought. And so part of it is that he didn't know because he isn't that um, self-aware, self, self-perceptive. So he doesn't take the time to self-analyze in the way that I do. And that's why off the cuff, he um, didn't know because he hadn't actually taken the time to really assess the situation or what he said or what he did um, to actually know. You know, on some level, he was just operating an autopilot. And so that, so it did bother me because I wanted a response. I wanted him to, I really wanted to be acknowledged um, with all the things that I wrote. I wanted some answer from him to say, yes, you're right. No, you're not. I'll do better. I'll try harder. We can get through this, whatever. 
Um, but he most likely didn't have a response because all the things that I wrote in that letter were really my issues. My issues of not feeling supported, my issues of feeling unworthy, my issues of feeling frustrated and impatient and all of those things. All that stuff I wrote in the letter was my issue and I wanted him to to fix it for me. I, I, I wanted him to say, okay, Kim, this is what I'm going to do and this is going to make it all better. And he wasn't able to do that because there were things that I had to work on for myself. Would it be nice to have support? Absolutely. But he was supporting me as much as he could in that moment because of his own work stress, his own ability to cope with my issues. And we grew up in two vastly different environments. So his parents are still married. There was very little, I'll say, dysfunction there, very little argument. He, when we first started dating, he had said that he couldn't, could never remember um, his parents snipping at each other. So if there were disagreements, they didn't do it in front of the kids or they did it in a way that the kids weren't aware. Where I grew up in a household where my parents fought a lot when I was little and my parents were divorced by the time I was five years old, then there was a lot of dysfunction in my mom's house with her and my stepdad. So our lives were different. And so he didn't have the experience that I did. So it was kind of like a fish out of water for him managing my issues with codependency and childhood emotional neglect and anxiety and just all the other things that I was feeling in the moment of leaving my teaching career and losing my identity and navigating therapy and being a stay-at-home mom and trying to be a present cognizant wife um, and making sure that I was taking care of all the household responsibilities and at this time I was still working I was teaching part-time at the local university, so I had a lot on my plate, and I was looking for him to to rescue me in some sense and say, don't worry, Kim, I'll do this, and then everything will be all better, and that just wasn't realistic, so, and it wasn't that things weren't going to be fixed anytime soon, is that I just didn't really understand the root of all that was going on, and a lot of it went back to the unhealthy and unserving core beliefs I had about myself and about life so also too it was like you know the realization is that I'm not the only one who struggles everyone struggles and it was kind of perfect I'll say maybe it was divinely guided that I saw the mom with the milk spill Um, because that was a perfect example for me of you know like literally we don't cry over spilled milk and the milk spilled and it was annoying for her and it was a pain for her to have to put the kids back in the car but she was able to assess the situation and say you know what this milk falling out of the car is not the end of the day and it's not the end of the world it's just a little tiny speed bump in the road and she was able to say okay I can navigate that speed bump where I really would have struggled with that because I felt I would have felt like that that was you know uh valley a huge ditch in the middle of the road that I wasn't going to be able to cross when in reality it it really would have been but I had based on the feedback from the therapist and based on the feedback feedback of really diving deep into codependency and childhood emotional neglect those things were really influencing me so strongly on a day-to-day basis that I couldn't see past them to see how resilient I really was with life in general I mean, I managed, I navigated as a little kid, a divorce from my parents, navigating two different households. I navigated those households 
all the way up until a teen, I was a teenager because I had different rules at my mom's than I had at my dad's and I was able to navigate them with ease. I could adapt to my mom's house and I could adapt to my dad's house. Granted, I had a smart mouth, so I was always grounded at my dad's house for my smart mouth, but I could navigate and I then could adapt and navigate well in school. I was always a good student. So I had this high level of resiliency, but I just couldn't see it because I had allowed external things feedback from parents when I was a public school teacher, feedback from administration or lack of feedback, I should say, that I couldn't see past what I really, who I really was as a person, someone who was strong and capable and kind hearted. And it was these, all of these external things were taking a toll. And I was also in this huge comparison trap. So as soon as I saw that mom spill the milk and completely get it together, the narrative that I created was, oh gosh, Kim, why can't you be more like her? Why can't you navigate that like her? Why do you always have to be so impatient and exhausted and frustrated and angry and miserable? Because oh, that's just all you'll ever be. That's just the person that you are and you're not ever gonna be anything other than that. And then also, you know, it was on some level nice having the connection with this mom that I mentioned who was complaining about her um, Monday and all the roadblocks that she had encountered. Um, she was a mom that I chatted with uh, when our kids did gymnastics together. And um, so she was a homeschool mom and she homeschooled her two, she had three children and she homeschooled the older two. And then the youngest, who is the same age as my Casey, my younger daughter, she put them in Montessori preschool and then homeschooled from kindergarten on up. So she had two home with her and one in preschool, but she would drive the youngest to preschool. It was probably a good 30 minute drive for her Monday through Friday in the morning, load all three kids in the car, drive them to preschool, come home, homeschool with the other two until the end of the school day. Then she would drive those two back to preschool, pick up the youngest and then drive them home. And in that time, there was also co-op activities that they participated in homeschool co-ops and um, you know she still had to clean the house and take the kids to their other non homeschool activities and you know just navigating all of these things and I can remember thinking like wow I wish I could have the coping skills that she had but what I what I failed to realize is that our lives were vastly different the amount of trauma that she had was nothing compared to what I had I don't know that she had any trauma I think she probably grew up in a family very similar to my husband's where there really wasn't trauma. I grew up in a very trauma-filled environment, not just in my home experiences, seeing my parents fight and going through a divorce in early childhood and then seeing more dysfunction in my mom's house, but also with the abusive relationship that I was in as a teenager and then other abusive relationships that I was in um, prior to meeting my husband. So I had all of these unhealed trauma experiences that were there festering at the surface. And so in some level, she was lucky that she didn't have to navigate trauma. Um, and she was lucky that she had parents there to support her and help her with the kids when needed. And what I didn't give myself credit for is that I was learning. I was learning to cope. I was learning about myself. I was learning the areas that I struggled. And that was actually the first step. So getting it all out for Pete and really starting to self-assess was key getting it all out because it took a huge weight off of my chest but what I wish I had known then that I know now is that getting it out is great yes it releases it and gives you that freedom but if you don't address it 
in a way where you're actually getting to the root of the problem, this situation is going to continue to spiral back. And so I, I was in admiration of the mom with the milk. I was in admiration of the mom from gymnastics because on some level I thought that they had something that I didn't have and it wasn't true. Um, you know, I was just as worthy of support and help and, um, happiness and joy as much as anybody else but because I had those unhealed limiting beliefs I couldn't see past that to give myself the chance to react without losing it over the spilled milk or to be able to get through a Monday filled with roadblocks without completely melting down and completely losing it so if you feel like you're in a situation where I was where you just feel completely overwhelmed you feel like the only way that anyone is going to listen to you is if you write it down on a piece of paper and hand it to them is to let's really look at the core beliefs. So when you're feeling like you are going to just lose your mind because you don't have the coping skills to handle the situation, what is the belief that you have about yourself? Is it that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy of support, that you're not loved? What is it? And so, and then work from there and look for the evidence for why you have that core belief. What are the experiences that you have? But not going deep into those experiences. They're painful enough to live the first time. We don't want to relive them over and over and over again because then it feels like Groundhog Day and it just keeps you stuck there. But looking at, okay, so that experience happened. What is the meaning? Okay, you have that, that limiting belief about yourself. And so how does that, you know, allow you or... Um, prevent you from showing up in a way that you would rather be and really looking at that so looking at the pattern looking at the meaning and looking at what you can do to change the pattern looking at what you can do to change the belief what evidence is there that shows you that that belief is absolutely positively outdated and not true so if you have questions or you want more support please feel free to reach out to me via email um, or on social media all my contacts are in the show notes If you feel like this would be helpful for a friend, feel free to pass it along. The more the merrier. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so appreciative of your time and I hope to see you next week. Bye.